Hello and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined as usual by Trucker Richard. You got your ears on, Trucker Michael? Tim, Tim more good, buddy. Uh, let me check my uh, trucker codes. Trucker code. Da, 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 list of trucker codes. Um, 10-7. Out of commission. Oh, nuts. No, man. I mean... Uh, 410. Oh, shit. Right now, it's 40 love. <laughs> I'm not doing very well. Well, we got to brush up on our 10 codes, but we are truckers or truck driving men, or actually saluting truck drivers in general. This episode of Mount Rushmore podcast, uh, Trucker Richard, tru- Trucker Michael are here. I need a cool... Listen, we need... Hey, <laughs> uh, Big Daddy, we need a different trucker name. Rubber you- Duck, this is Frankenstein. You got your ears on? Okay, <laughs> I am Rubber come, Duck. Come and in, Knight Rider. <laughs> oh, Richard gets to be Knight Rider? Well, because I have the car. Oh, oh okay. so. Pilates. Come on, Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> Worst handle ever. <laughs> Quiltmaker 25. Quiltmaker 25. I'm just going to call you Frankenstein. Frankenstein. From, from, from here on out for forever. <laughs> this is the Red Baron. So uh, we're talking about uh, truck drivers. The allure of the road has taken to us this summer uh, because we have discussed road trips and we are now discussing truck drivers eh, famous ones that are real or fictional or who knows what we'll talk about this was richard's choice so michael will take to the open road first uh do you think truckers actually like it when you do like the honking thing they must hate it they must hate it yeah because they've got to stop masturbating for a second there's no other job basically where you have to deal with somebody like mimicking what you do yeah. the entire day it's not like if you work like at a you know, on your accountant, you don't have people just kind of coming by your office going, tick, 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 ching, <laughs> all day. You don't think it's the equivalent of the wedding? It is their wedding, and you were like tapping your glass with a spoon to to have them kiss. They would like, you know, is that that thing, or is it a tribute to the trucker? I don't know. I, I think it's a tribute. I think it's saying, "Hey, buddy, you're cool." I bet. Give me one I, of those. I, I bet it. You know, it's it's like bringing a baseball glove to a baseball game. If you're a kid, it's okay. If you're a ten year old and you're leaning out the window and you're, yeah. you're pulling your hand your your hand down and like I bet the truck driver's like, Man, this is gonna make this kid's day. But if you're like a twenty seven year old dude, like <laughs> fuck that guy. I if I if I'm a truck driver and the twenty seven year old dude does that, I'd say I, I wouldn't mind if you just pull out your junk and wave it at me. That's what I would say. Or press press ham against the window. Just give me something. I'm not gay, but just give me something to wake me up. I want to see eggs eggs and bacon up against the window. Well, my first choice, it, I you got into it where like I think that like a truck driver is generally a pretty lonely job. It's an it's a very isolated thing. Yeah, you're out there on your own for long hauls and big yeah. stretches. Yeah. But my first choice isn't that. It is. Bo Bandit Darrell, uh, Darville from Smokey and the Bandit. From Georgia to Texas and back in 28 hours flat with a truckload of bootleg beer. I'll be driving this one. Hey, uh, blocker, blocker. You'll be driving the truck. This is Bandit 1 and that is uh, Bandit 2. Mm-hmm. Where he's kind of like teamed up. He's kind of has his... He's, he's teamed up with his, his friend to make this big, you know, long cross-country drive. Yeah. To haul Coors. <laughs> of all yeah. the things to haul, by Coors the way. Coors from, uh, you know, Texas to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's part of, like, a group. He's part of... He's he's not just there on his own. He's yeah. there. There's camaraderie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Wow, cool. Um, but, you know, he's 
played by Burt Reynolds in the film Smokey and the Bandit, and mm-hmm. he he's kind of like the most iconic trucker out there. Yeah, he's I think the first person I thought of when Richard suggested this topic. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is gonna be a little, I think we're gonna be a little controversial here because it was not on my list. Yeah, even though that may have been who I one of the first people I thought about when I was coming up with this topic. But Jeff, let me ask you this. Yeah, when I say Smokey and the Bandit, what's the first thing you think of? Uh, I think of Burt Reynolds, I guess. And what do you think of him driving? I think of a Camaro or something Thank you. Like it's, it's the Firebird. The Firebird, yeah. Right? Or, yeah. It's, you don't think of him driving a truck. I think uh, of, I'm thinking about the movie, and I, as I was thinking about my choices, I thought, I don't, I I don't picture so. him behind the wheel of the truck. I picture Jerry Reed yeah. as mm-hmm. Snowball, I think, maybe he was. The bandit, Does the that bandit, sound right? The Bandit is hired on on to run a tractor trailer full of beer over county lines in hot pursuit by a pesky sheriff. So I mean he does drive it. I mean, yes, yeah. he does. I mean I'm not I'm not arguing the point that he doesn't in fact drive a truck. Right. I'm just saying that, that that's not the iconic thing that you remember about yeah. Smokey. That's true. From Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. You remember the uh, tr- not uh, the Trans Am, that's what it was. Right. Don't. In Gone with the Wind, you don't see the wind till like the last scene. <laughs> and then it's just gone. <laughs> it's just gone. <laughs> No, I guess a point conceded. This is like a Rocky Three moment. I, although I don't know, it's that's the central plot line, though. Is this thing? But but I but I don't cons- I don't. I'm, I'm not arguing your. I'm not arguing really against mm-hmm. your. Yeah. I'm just more arguing why I didn't put it on there. No, that makes sense. But no, I mean, Al, he was a trucker, and as a truck driver, there are a few that are more iconic. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Than 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 Smokey, yeah. as played by Burt Reynolds' mustache, and also the rest <laughs> of Burt Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> we let that guy be the biggest star in movies for like. Ten years. And we all agree he's not a very good actor, right? Was, At no point was he a good actor, right? What Jeff, was, help, what, what help me out here. You're, you're an actor. These people were celebrities and stars. They, just right. like John Wayne before him. He was not a thespian. He, was just a, he, he embodied a persona that was heroic in stature. He was basically Joe Namath except not playing yeah. football as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trailer shows Burt primarily in the Firebird yeah. uh, and Jerry in the truck. But... Uh, I don't know. And Jerry's with a dog in the truck, too, so Bert's not even riding a shotgun. It's, it's like a bloodhound, right? Yeah. Okay. No, it's a little chihuahua in his purse. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even that. It was like a kinkachu or something. Uh-huh. Uh, a cat. Well, mo- moving, moving past the uh, is he or isn't he a trucker aspect, which uh-huh. I guess we can, we can debate, and uh, I will concede that point. Uh, to an extent, he's running. He's running beer, beer from yeah. one state to another, and it was interesting. What a southern up, thing, by the way. <laughs> uh, looking up why it was, uh, apparently it was uh, Coors uh, Banquet. Hold on, Wait, Coors hold was on. only available in Colorado at the time, and Hal Needham got wind of the fact that yeah, good old boys were importing this so they could have it. And yeah, and I guess like certain like uh, you know uh, transportation laws say that. If you're transporting beer, you can't just make a one-time run. You have to; it has to be regulated. Oh. If you're driving beer, okay. back and forth. So, the, the it's funny thinking that like, oh, he's just driving beer from one place to another. Yeah. A lot of it, the worst beer there is. <laughs> yeah, I guess the way that it was produced, it was yeah, just kind of very local, and you couldn't really get yeah. it any place else. But yeah, some you couldn't get it uh, uh, east of the Mississippi. Yeah, it's uh. supposed to be importing to like Georgia. Or something, right? Yeah. I believe it's Georgia. Te- Texas. It was from like Texarkana, uh, Texas to Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. A stuntman thought up this. Uh, I read Hal Needham's autobiography. He's a really brilliant guy, but he definitely didn't want to pick a plot that was too big for Bert to handle. So this mm. was 
this is he the a, Donald Trump of actors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's trim down the plot to 140 yeah. characters. And I remember Hal Needham was also the guy that was Burt Reynolds' stuntman for decades, and so whenever Burt got punched, Hal really got punched and fell off. The, well, he's the, the. I mean, he's the one. He was the inspiration for Hooper, right? Yeah, he was the dry. I mean, he 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 invented some of these uh, what became standardized car stunts and horse stunts and all these kind of things. I'd say he's no Dar Williams, but he's still alive. He's still no alive, so. So he still that, alive he's though. Still so. alive. No, he passed. No, no. Hal Needham? Hal Needham passed oh, a few. Well, yeah, he did, but he lived a lot longer than Dar yeah, Williams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, cool. that's a great first choice, because I do think of Burt Reynolds as one of these protean uh, road guys, you know, whether it's uh, as a stock car racer mm. or a... You know, stunt person or something like that. Stroker so. Ace. Stroker Ace, yeah. How did, the, how did that movie only get a PG rating? How did that happen? <laughs> the best post-credit scenes with Jim Neighbors trying to improv with Burrellis. Hey, Stroker, why you always got to fill a guy's car up with cement? <laughs> I, be, I believe that Jim Neighbors was actually one of the founders of the Upright Citizens I Brigade. I think he was. I believe. Super, yeah, he's a improv guy. I guess at the 70s were a weird time. I, I think we'll, as we go through the list, a lot of a lot of like the picks seem to come out of like this yeah. one well, particular decade. The seventies was, was, sec- big... was the second highest gro- smoking the man. It was the second highest grossing movie to Star Wars in seventy seven. Holy shit! It was a, the seventies was the decade of truckers. Yeah, it's a, kind of why one of the reasons by the way I picked this. It's just you don't see, yeah, media about truckers anymore. No, really. I mean, not in the way that you, if you, you used to. Yeah. If you want to get Coors Light, you just order it from Amazon. That's right. That's right yeah. And then they drop it off via Amazon drone. Now, and I will say, you rarely see movies or films or TV shows about truckers. You almost never see about truckers who have pet orangutans. Mm. Oh, okay. which is leading me to my first choice, mm-hmm. um, which is Philo Badeau, played by Clint Eastwood in Every Which Way But Loose, and also the sequel, Any Which Way But Loose. Every which way but loose, you turn me. Every which way. Any which way you can. Any which way you can. Thank uh, you. Also on my Also list. on your list. Uh, Most, I mean... Now what a... I, what now a I wish, now I wish, here? Now, I wish that I could have chosen it because of him, but it was mostly because of Clyde. So I love this, too. I, it, li- I like Philo's story as that he came out of the San Fernando Valley, too. It felt right. very much like a home hometown boy. Yeah, he meets the country west, the country singer played by Sandra Locke at uh, Palomino Club, which is, you know, up in... <laughs> yeah. Not too far from here, probably, at one point. Uh, from where, from where we're we're recording, it's not like he you know you, you would expect this movie to be playing out like in Texas or Oklahoma yeah. or Tucson. No, it's in the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> yeah, because they were just they probably it was a lot cheaper just to admit that they were filming there versus trying to shoot on location yeah. in Tucson or wherever the hell they were doing. Was this Clint's foray into comedy for the yes. first Okay, yes, it was, and everyone it was a critical bomb. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like one of the most mocked movies of the era. Although it did make $85 million on a $5 million budget. Whoa. Hence wow. the sequel. Yeah. It was, I think, uh, his most successful, technically his most successful movie from like a budget to... Is that right? Wow. To final uh, mm-hmm. box office total. Yeah. Which, which is outstanding. I mean, you know, he's made movies that have made hundreds of millions mm-hmm. of dollars, but they've also cost $85 million mm-hmm. to make. For those of you who have not seen the film, <laughs> allow me to briefly <laughs> summarize the plot. First off, Philo Badeau. What the... What kind of name is that for a Clint Eastwood character? Should it be like Buck, you know, like Buck Johnson or something like that? It sounds like a pastry recipe ingredient. <laughs> yeah, or Philo Badeau. It's yeah. something you would get like at a, at a Greek restaurant, yeah. right? Um, so he's a, a truck driver living in the valley, but he doesn't seem to get many jobs driving trucks. Mainly he uh, supplements his income by being a bare-knuckle boxer. Yeah. 
you know, like a traveler, like he's from like a gypsy from Ireland mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. That's another big trope in, trope in like truck driving movies. They're not on, they're not just a truck driver. Like truck driving is just what they do to get from uh, point A to point B, point A to point B. But along the way, you know, a point one and a point three, <laughs> they're fighters. They're right. doing anything else but truck driving. Some sort of arm wrestling, Some perhaps. Sort of arm wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly bare knuckle boxing and arm wrestling. Yeah, so. those are the two things. And he ho- tries to hook up with a country western singer and realizes she's not there a couple the next day, and uh, decides to try and follow her to Denver, where he thinks that she may have gone. Oh, and he has an orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's literally the entire plot of the movie. <laughs> I can't remember. Do they ever explain why he has Clyde, or is it just like there's his orangutan that just like goes into bars and eats eats beer cans and I think it's <laughs> almost pretty... gets into fights with people and then actually does like punch people out. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's really like fully explained. It wasn't like Dad was like a famous like a you know a zoologist or yeah. something. If I... it was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, they would explain that Clyde. Uh, you know, came from Bromberg. <laughs> they always, have, they always have to, to explain like, the accent. Yeah, he, it always his family, from, Clyde's family, moved here when he was like, like twelve. If this was, if this was remade with Arnold Schwarzenegger, it would have been. Uh, I was a circus performer in uh-huh. in Dusseldorf, and I don't is, want to talk about it. <laughs> I left that laugh behind me. <laughs> Watch out for the orangutan. Um, and, and by the way, if if a real orangutan got into a bar fight. It would rip people's would just faces <laughs> off. This would quickly go from like a dumb comedy like to a, a, a graphic horror movie. Rob Zombies, any which way but loose, <laughs> is, is just, just blood is, gru- is gruesome. Well, what was charming about this? I remember seeing it as a kid and thinking it was real, really charming. Um, he had an orangutan. <laughs> I think. Okay. I think it's the he is such a tough guy, but you know, there's still this soft spot for this. Yeah, for this giant ape that tra- yeah. travels with him, that that maybe that's the way that you kind of cut the tough guy persona. Okay, and I think it's a, and I think it's just because it was the first time seeing Clint Eastwood kind of play off of the Dirty Harry, yeah, uh, type persona, yeah, and use that persona, but kind of in the service of someone who, by all accounts, is kind of a loser. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so that was I think as a kid. Having I, I, my mom was a big Clint Eastwood fan, having watched like Dirty Harry yeah. films and things like that, and then seeing this one time like on the independent channel, it was just yeah. like, what? I mean, it I was, was like eight, and I remember I was like, what is happening here? I I watched Knight Rider and I think and Manimal, and I think this is confusing. What it, is going on? It also has like a really interesting ending in that, uh, you know, I know we just did Mount Rushmore of spoiler alert, but spoiler alert. Like, he kind of throws the fight at the end against his big, like, nemesis. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, mm. he takes a dive so the guy that he... Can retire. Like can him. retire without having lost. And, like, he ends up probably the, the being the better fighter. Yeah. But then, you know, kind of throws it so this so the guy can go down with honor. And there, there's, you know, a certain... Standard 70s film trope is you win by losing. I feel right. like there's a lot of movies where Al Pacino... Does some you know throws the case in Injustice for All, or they do something where was that a reflection of the Vietnam War? Vietnam, all of this is <laughs> it was a draw, guys. But it was a draw in that case, so we're okay. I, like, um, I, I, and, and then of course, in any which way you can, much like in Rocky Two, where they do the sequel and he winds up winning, in any which way you can, he winds up having the big uh, fight with the hotshot 
bare knuckle fighter who also uses mixed martial arts skills. Right. Oh. And <laughs> turns out they didn't really want to fight because they respected each other too much, but then decided to fight anyway. Oh. And Clint wins despite of getting his arm broken. Uh-huh. And then they all go to the bar to celebrate. Oh, that's, uh, that's every which way but lose. Or any which way you can. Any which way you can. Okay. I, I don't know about the third one. I don't know <laughs> if this was a planned trilogy. I do know they, they announced a remake oh, at the wow. start of this year. So be, Scott be, Eastwood. That's what somebody said. It's like, Scott, e- Scott Eastwood definitely needs to do this. Yeah. Andy, I don't know who Andy Circus as the orangutan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Scott Eastwood definitely needs to do this. I don't know who they're going to get to play Philo, but we've got the orangutan <laughs> nailed down, guys. I actually like to think that um, Every Which Way But Loose was the sequel to Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> Eastwood's taking on the John Voight kind of country boy character right and uh, obviously Ratso Rizzo has died in the first movie and he's come back to life as an, as orangutan, an orangutan some sort of like uh, one of those like reincarnation yeah, heaven yeah. can wait sort of deals yeah. so in this scenario is uh, Eddie Rabbit the new Har- Harry Nilsson everybody's talking about me it becomes it's every which way but every which way but loose the title song yes okay uh, I love the way this is going. Richard, uh, take us on down the road. With All you. right. So my next choice is the unseen truck driver from Steven Spielberg's first first feature, mm. Duel. Wow. Uh, a movie that I remember, again, watching as a kid and scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Sure. I've never seen it. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never seen it. Wow, you really yeah. should. It's It's... Being somebody who grew up in kind of a more rural area where there's a lot of, and because of agriculture, he's had a lot of trucks going past. Just watching this movie about, that's essentially about Dennis Weaver as a businessman who pisses off this truck driver, and the truck driver decides he's going to get his revenge on this guy no matter what the cost, and like chases him, you know, tries to run him off these mountain roads and into train tracks. Mm-hmm. It's really touching at the end when the fender glows red and he heals him. <laughs> right. And he flies off in the air and there's a rainbow. And it scared that, that. I think it was the menace of just, they never showed the truck driver other than you saw his cowboy boots. Hmm. Other than that, you never really saw his face. Yeah. Um, other Cause the, the, like the, the windshield was kind of darkened. It was darkened and just the way they shot it kind you of. You could it, only see it from like the. You could see like silhouette yeah. or you could see the guy who was the truck driver that played the driver asked Spielberg what his mo- character's motivation was. And the Spielberg said something like, well, you're an evil son of a bitch. Hmm. And I was like, you got the perfect guy for the part then. It, it, it was that idea. It, I, so many truck drivers in the 70s were kind of benevolent or kind of outlaws with a heart of gold. Yeah. Hmm. This guy was not. Yeah. This was the, this was like, you know, the truck driver serial killer. Yeah. So so much, so much of truckers in the seventies were uh, standing up against the man. And, you know, Johnny law was the one that was kind of the evil presence. Right. But this is, yeah, this is the guy that was the evil presence within the truck. Right. And, and it, it's sort of like maximum overdrive, except less stupid. Mm hmm. (laughs) Where that was designed to make you be really scared of trucks, I think, as well. In that case, driverless trucks. Mm -hmm. Except it was just a stupid, awful movie with giant, loud ACDC, you know, blaring. Um, This, obviously, it's Spielberg. It's incredibly well done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just this minute. And, of course, he'll, you know, Dennis Weave will get away from him for a bit, stop at like a truck stop. Here comes the truck again. And it's just like this never-ending, recurring menace. 
He should do that movie, but then put it in the ocean with a shark. Huh. <laughs> Where you don't really see the shark. Well, the hell would that work? Until near the end, <laughs> or halfway huh. through. D- this, Let's uh, call that movie Truck Shark. Truck, truck Shark. shark. <laughs> I, I believe Sci-Fi Channel is already on that. <laughs> well, we were talking earlier about um, Every Which Way Baloo. Baloos. Every which way with Baloo from the Jungle Book. <laughs> or the, the hey, every which way Belushi. <laughs> every which Belushi. Uh, and this, uh, as being kind of a parallel for Vietnam or something like that. Were we talking about that? I think it was. It was seventy-one. So it's 71. right in the middle of this of, of, this kind is of a, Vietnam. Richard Matheson wrote the original short story yeah. duel after um, an encounter with a tailgating truck on the day <laughs> that JFK was assassinated. Yeah. Guess he had nothing better to do that day. Well, I guess wait, my wait, wait. guess my work's knocking off that day early, so I might as well. Yeah. You know. So J- we got JFK. Wait, did he, are you insinuating that he murdered JFK? Uh oh. No, I'm saying a tr- <laughs> I'm saying a, tr- a, a truck murdered JFK. Face, a faceless truck driver murdered JFK. There were, well, there were two trucks. There were two, two trucks. trucks. Multiple trucks. Yeah. One was coming off the grassy knoll. The, the other was coming off the on. I remember the yeah. magic bus, but not the magic truck. Oh my god. Okay, so that's fascinating. All right. Okay, duel. That's a great choice. Honk. <laughs> Get off the road. I, hey, I, I like that you're doing this because then I don't have to add it in crappy sound effects. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm making my own crappy sound effects. Hey, we're taking a pit stop in our truck driver episode and imploring you, the audience, to get on the highway of liking us. That's a highway. And go to iTunes and download, rate, and review uh, all our episodes go to Stitcher and listen or whatever they do on Stitcher um, and then follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and join the community get on our CB handle <laughs> and and talk yeah, to are us we on CB yet? I think we're on Citizens Band Radio <laughs> and uh, let us know what your handle is and do you get your ears on and truck, truck number 37 your shower is ready oh, truck number 37 okay, sorry, your guys. shower is ready I, I gotta go my shower is ready so I gotta go quit it what is what is happening there? I gotta like, get a quick hand job from a Filipino lady. <laughs> what is happening there? You stop at the Flying J, like you know, if I'm driving back home to see family or something, and you hear that your your shower is ready. Who is showering? Is it the truck showering? Is the person showering? I think it's the truck. I would, they wouldn't call it out if it was. I think. Oh, those... but, but they, they would just say whatever your number is for the truck. Is it the person needs a shower? And it's like they have showers set up, like kind of like depends on my communal. They do have showers, showers in the bathroom like you put a quarter in and like do the shower thing inside the thing but the, if it's oh the pa it must be their truck shower if someone car if, wash. if we have any truckers listening to the podcast please please let us know please let hit us, us up on twitter or facebook or uh cb radio yeah citizens give us radio. give us a call out we are back and michael uh, take us farther down the road trucker michael uh my next choice is jack burton in Big Trouble in Little China. Way to go, Jack. Jack Burton's coming to rescue your summer. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? 20th Century Fox presents Kurt Russell in John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. Jack Burton plays this kind of loner, tough guy character that's making a pit stop in San Francisco and decides to see his good friend and stops in to... uh, you know, deliver some wisdom, maybe do a little bit of gambling. Yeah. Uh, his friend can't pay up, though. So he uh, asks him to uh, do one quick job with him, then he'll get him his money. That job is picking up a uh, beautiful, green-eyed uh, Chinese girl, mm-hmm. you know, kind of fresh off the boat at the airport. Mm-hmm. Fresh off the airport. Fresh mm-hmm. off the plane. Fop. <laughs> 
who is, of course, immediately abducted by uh, some Chinese gangsters. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jack is somehow uh, fallen into this world of fighting uh, yeah. against uh, swords and sorcery yeah. uh, against the evil demigod Lopan. Mm-hmm. So you know it's a trucking movie. <laughs> Uh, when you're uh, fighting uh, lightning and thunder. This and, is John yeah. Carpenter mashing up genres and yeah, crazy. Yeah, I, I love the Jack Burton character because he's kind of like this smart-ass, wise-talking or, or wise-cracking. Uh, he thinks he's in control of the situation, yeah. but he never is. Yeah, He's not really good in any situation until yeah. like the very end. Yeah, His advice is kind of like ham-fisted mm-hmm. and stupid and yeah. he gets caught and all these other guys that are throwing lightning bolts and blowing things up and he's just kind of this fish out of water yeah but then uh you know he ends up saving the day yeah that seems like the american iconic hero as uh, we see in some films where they kind of bumble around till they find their way and it, they succeed based on their character yeah yeah you know all jack burton says at a time like this <laughs> please let's let me tell you tell me what what the hell <laughs> I love Jack Burton too. I, I love this movie. I'm amazed that they didn't do like like this. Is, seems so primed for a like a sequel or a remake like, or a remake. No, no, no. Like like Big Trouble and fill in the blank. Like you could have taken this character anywhere. Oh, I see what you mean. Like like in the t- at the in the time. Yeah, it should. There should have been like a Big Trouble and yeah. some other in some Kore- other- Koreatown. <laughs> I do feel like his role in Death Proof was kind of an extension of that. The most more sinister stuntman side Mike. of it. Yeah. Was this the movie that really kind of made him an '80s star? Hmm. Was this was this like the big oh, one? Oh, I don't know. I, I is this before the question was. I'm asking is this is this before or after or Overboard? That's what <laughs> I need to know. Well, he it's he was interesting. He always seemed to have those good like comedic chops. I mean, he did drive the Pork Chop Express. <laughs> yeah, he did. But uh, he literal had those, chops. <laughs> he had those good kind of comedic chops, the same way that uh, uh, what's his name from Die Hard does. Uh, Bruce Willis. Bruce yeah. Willis. Mm-hmm. They're kind of cut from the same cloth where they're wise cracking and, you know, good looking and can be tough but can also be funny at the same time. Mm-hmm. That didn't really translate over with, like, Stallone's not funny. Schwarzenegger's not funny. Yeah. Well, they both think they're funny. That's, That's the problem. A, yeah. He had done used well, he, cars when he had done five a, years previous. An to Escape this. from New York. So, uh, and that got a sequel. I mean, Escape from L.A. is, like, awful. It's really bad. Mm. Um, did Used Cars get a sequel? Even more Used, used Cars. Ca- used cars. cars. Just called Cars. Yeah, no, I'm looking at his at his oeuvre. Uh, IMDB here. And it's, it's, it is. It's like Escape from New York, The Thing. So he's yeah. done this Carpenter kind of, like, world. Yeah, yeah. Silkwood, which I forgot. And there's, like, a few other, like, weird, like, kind of best of times. But it's really, this is the movie that kind of made him, like, an action so I think even more so than Escape from New York. Because that was like an 80, and then he doesn't really get back to like the action tango and cash type stuff until like late 80s, like late 80s, like Tequila like Sunrise, stuff like that. Mm. I mean, he was he was Bruce Willis before there was Bruce Willis mm. in a lot of ways, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what has happened recently in Guardians where he plays... Um, Ego. Ego. I, and they do a little bit of a throwback uh, scene early in this uh, where they de-age him. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see something like that happen with a maybe a prequel or something to Big Trouble or something exciting like that. But what, one of the uh, one of the great tropes about you know truck drivers in movies is usually they're always trying to get back to their truck. Yeah, or they're they're either trying to rescue their truck or get back to it or mm-hmm. get to a bigger truck. And that that was one of right. the things that you know one of the things in this movie was. He's removed from his truck, 
when he goes on this adventure. And then at the very end, they're kind of, you know, reunited yeah. and they make their big escape in it. And, yeah. you know, and then, you know, the giant hairy monster. It's kind of like up. a horse and a home yeah. in one. So they, these all hmm. these previous tropes uh, that involve both of those things kind of combine into that vehicle. So. Well, I'm still waiting for the computer that wore tennis shoes sequel. Yeah. So we can't get, can't get on that, guys. I don't know what you want from this. Okay, cool. Next, next choice. Uh, my next choice is Rubber Duck from the song Convoy. All right. And later from the movie based on the song Convoy. <laughs> and later, my erotic fan fiction based on, <laughs> based the, on movie, the movie and based the on the song, based on the song Convoy. Uh, Convoy, written um, by C.W. McCall. Well, it was C.W. McCall, but he was actually a pseudonym. For, I think his name was like Larry Fries. Um, and he was a advertising executive in the Midwest. Oh. And he had created, actually, had created C.W. McCall as a character for, I believe it was like a paper towel, a line, I think it was like paper towel ads, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where he was like the truck driver that'd come in and like uh, banter with the sassy uh, waitress wow. at the uh, diner. Wow. And so that's where the C.W. McCall character came from. Mm-hmm. And then the song Convoy was kind of, came along from that. Wow. He co-wrote it with a guy who wound up becoming the Mannheim steamroller guy. Is that right? Yeah, the guy who did the music for Convoy <laughs> wound up becoming the Mannheim steamroller guy and is like No, we're not doing practically a billionaire. steamroller drivers. No, no, this is truck drivers. <laughs> Mannheim, I think that was his wow. first name, man, last name, Heim. Cameron Mannheim. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. And it's, it, it, and so the song is was like one of the biggest songs of the 70s, mm-hmm. probably. At least and, on the top 50 trucker songs of all time. Yeah. Sir, not number one. It's got to be number Maybe there's some big Dick Dudley songs. <laughs> That are out there, but uh. um, just was a. I remember my brother was really into the trucker songs in like the was late seventies, yeah. early eighties. Like you could get like the KTEL best of yeah. collection that had this and like said yeah. big, big, big Dick Doug, mm-hmm. Dudley and all those sort of mm-hmm. things. And it's it's it it works because it's such a catchy tune mm-hmm. that it just about doesn't have to be a novelty song. Yeah, but then you've got all the breaker breakers, rubber ducky, and mm-hmm. big band. <laughs> and it, it, it's the classic kind of country story song, but even though you're not really sure what the story is, yeah, they've got a convoy, which is you know a big line of trucks, yeah, stretching and, across the USA, yeah. and then more people start showing up, and more people. It's like yeah. hands it across America like, before there's you yeah, know. Or, or Forrest Gump as he's running <laughs> yeah. across the uh-huh. country, except with trucks, a populist movement of trucks, Forrest Gump truck, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I don't know what the hell the song's about. The movie they kind of tried to figure out what what it was about, and made him like again like, like I think as we discussed like a lone wolf kind of outlaw trucker uh-huh. out to uh, probably truck alcohol or something. God yeah. knows what yeah. across country, and winds up getting a convoy of people with him and kind of becomes part of a movement, mm-hmm. all based off of a C W McCall song yeah. convoy. You know, we, we, a few weeks ago, we examined surf songs, and I, I think it's fascinating that the m- probably many few m- many fewer people ever drove a, a big rig truck than even got on a surfboard. Oh, sure. Yet there's so much allure to the stories of these individuals who, who are who are who are moving these these 
surfboards or trucks around. They're, they're romanticized. Their motives are 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 ballads being sung about what they're doing and when why they, they're doing it. When they really have kind of dirty, nasty kind of lives. Yeah. And no offense to truck drivers, <laughs> but just the life you have to live. And I know yeah. some truck drivers. You're in the cab for oh yeah, yeah eighteen hours a day, and you're it's not fun. There's nothing romantic about it. Yeah, um, but the only thing you have is bare knuckle boxing. That's right, and orangutans, yeah. and, and having fun. Uh, you know, call signs. You know, fun little names. <laughs> yeah, that then that you know, a big part of it was the fact that in the seventies, CB radios became something that people who weren't truck drivers decided yeah. to get. So you could just dial in and hear these truck drivers with this kind of like weird banter and. Mm-hmm. Portmanteaus and all this like like stuff f- that was the first version of a an international network before we all had uh, email addresses or 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 uh, avatars. These guys were doing this thing where they're, well, they're the Morse code assholes. But <laughs> yeah, the first <laughs> Usenet, the first Usenet, the first chat rooms. Uh, and part of this, I mean, the song came out in '75, mm-hmm. and part of the whole issue is truck drivers were really being hit hard because. Um, there's a 55 mile per hour speed limit. Uh, Fuel prices. That's part of the oil. Yeah, part of the oil crisis, and then there uh-huh. are other things that are happening. Yeah. So, so that was also part of it. it was, again, that kind of rebel sort of outlaw mm-hmm. uh, yeah. persona. Yeah. I feel like bikers and truckers each had the songs. Like a "Born to Be Wild" kind of felt like that was like the thing. But often yeah. in these movies, songs, whatever, the bikers and the truckers are the ones who are like feuding. Mm. Oh, I know that's yeah. a plot point from uh, uh, Every Which Way But Loose. Yeah, the uh, I can't remember the name of it. Black Widows. Yeah, that's it. And who also make an appearance in uh, the sequel? Oh, and, and 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 there's several movies where the bike biker gang is like the the bad guys to the truckers. Yeah, I think there's some sort of like parallel between them, but also to the truck drivers are they're doing a job. Mm-hmm. They got this. They got to haul this. You know, yeah. they're doing something. Versus the bikers are on the same roads. But they're just out there to be menaces. Yeah. Michael, what's your next choice? Uh, my next choice is uh, Large Marge. Also my final choice. Oh, good. From oh, Pee-wee's wow. Big Adventure. And when they finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck, it looked like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, played by Alice Nunn, who uh, in the entire scene that she's in uh the entire story she tells about the big rig going over the edge of the cliff doesn't blink once oh wow really yeah. <laughs> uh in peewee's big adventure peewee is hitchhiking his way at some point from los angeles to the alamo and uh, after his car goes off the road is it the car goes off the road? yeah him and uh him and whoever the guy that broke out of prison yeah uh he kind of has to he gets picked up along the highway yeah he gets picked up by this a truck driving lady Who's just gruesome. She's gruesome <laughs> before she's revealed to be even more gruesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she tells him the story of this truck that goes uh, off the side of the road that happened 10 years ago on this very this night. Very, night. very ghost story-like. And then she looks at him and pulls off her face <laughs> in the most Tim Burton-y type way. Her yeah. eyeballs bulge out. And it's probably, that, you she know. She becomes quickly a claymation character, too, <laughs> yeah. right? Doesn't she? Basically, yeah. He then, uh, he, she drops him off at like the next... Uh, you know, uh, gas station or the next uh, kind of restaurant. And he tells a story that Large Marge, she tells him to tell him that Large Marge sent him. And then yeah. he mentions that and they all drop their forks. Yeah. Like, it was a night just like this. 
What a classic scene. Yeah. A classic it's movie. like you almost make it through that movie without something scaring the crap out of you. And <laughs> yeah. then you remember, oh, it's a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing that's going to give me nightmares as a nine-year-old. Cool. Is that what you liked about it? It was, that it was a bit of, of, of kind of gothic, sinister Tim Burton comedy within a romp? Yeah. And that's, you know, kind of the introduction to the Tim Burton mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. of bright colors, dark colors, you know, yeah. lots of very... Now loud, quiet, quiet, loud. It's yeah. a, it's a, almost the pixies <laughs> of filmmaking, uh-huh. the loud, quiet, loud sort of thing. Yeah, I guess her story was based on another trucker song, Phantom Three Hundred Nine, which oh. was about like this kind of ghost that picks someone up, and every ten years, mm-hmm. or this this ghost trucker makes an appearance every ten years. And yeah, it's, it's not quite verbatim, but like the theme is very similar. Mm-hmm. That this. That he just basically yeah. stole or... It's a very like common thing with people of our rough age to have had this shit scared out of them. Yeah. By Large Marge. Tell yeah. Large Marge. <laughs> so it, it's definitely a bonding thing. It's, yeah. I'm, she is the only female um, trucker. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, though Clyde may have actually been played by a female. Hmm. I would imagine. Most of the time, the apes and gorillas and stuff are played by females. Mm-hmm. They're easier to train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Large March picked because she's easier to train. None <laughs> easier to train. <laughs> Wouldn't play with herself. Yeah. Uh, so, is that all our choices? That's it. I that's guess it. that's all it. That's just really exciting. Um, so there was it was really fun. It was fun to see the different uh, directions you guys went on the map, uh, and I thought it was interesting. You both had two choices, and also you kind of both had some very distinct uh, moments in the, and you you chose some scary moments. So. Michael, within the realm of uh, Big Trouble in Little China, there's a lot of actually kind of uh, mystery and supernatural things happening. And then Large Marge's appearance in Duel. I'm sorry. And then Large... Wait, then, wait, wait. Duel, wait, Large Marge was the driver was in <laughs> Duel? That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it checks out, guys. And then, Richard, you went there with uh, your truck driver from Duel. So the, there was some menace in in this genre too and then there's also some very colorful things of course uh clint eastwood and an orangutan <laughs> or uh, um the convoy song and it's uh the way it kind of popularized amongst uh americans and people around there the, the role of the truck driver so that was a real fun discussion um so you know what i i think i'd like to give you each a point for so we'll give you each half a point for um the things that you chose together that would be phil Badeau from every which Way but loose. Why wasn't his name Phil Bidet? That's comedy like, right there. See, I already think that's a very French idea. He's a man who drives a truck with an ape. <laughs> there is something very poetic about this. It seems like a Jerry Lewis movie. I was going to say, that's Jerry Lewis movie. <laughs> let's, get, let's get this happening, let's guys. Let's rewrite. And then Large Marge, you both picked that. So uh, each half a point, which uh, some ends up uh, for one point. And then I liked what you were where you were going, uh, Richard, with... Um, Rubber Duck, the song from Convoy, you had a lot of background to that and let us know that this was an ad agent who's actually kind of creating this story for us. And Richard, I'm going to give you another point for the truck driver from Duel. I thought that was a fun uh, grab there. And it, even though I hadn't seen it, it felt like you were kind of acting it out for me. If you'd like to, I can, try to run, I can try to run you off the road later if you'd like. Right here on Coenga. Drive you in the Universal lot. Yeah. So this has been the Mount Rushmore Podcast. I uh, have always been Trucker Jeff. And I'm Rubber Ducky. 
Oh, I thought I was rubber ducky. Oh. Every which way but loose, you turn me round. <laughs>